What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? Jets fans, you guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. All our gang's all here. We love it. Welcome to a Merry Christmas edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Brian Costello. Christmas week is here. And joining us later in the show will be Kim Jones, of course, of the NFL Network. We got a lot to get into today, Kaz, and obviously it's Christmas, happy times, but it's not really happy times in the tri-state area. Everyone is getting COVID, including a fourth of the Jets roster, 13 active, Three practice squad guys are on the COVID list, but the bombshell news that hit, Salah has COVID. So Robert Salah, how is he doing? Have you spoke to him? No, I haven't spoken to him, but he had symptoms this morning, you know, so now you, I think everyone's been probably following along. They changed the rules in the NFL where if you're vaccinated, you don't have to get tested unless you have symptoms. And so Salah's vaccinated. All coaches are. He had symptoms this morning, so he got tested uh, Wednesday morning, I should say, and the test came back positive. So now he's in quarantine and, uh, you know, the, everything's virtual right now, Jake, except for practice. So he's doing everything except practice. He's still running the team meetings. He's involved. But now the question is Sunday. And, you know, can he test out before Sunday and be back to lead the team? And it happens the week of the Jets Super Bowl. I mean, it's Jets Jaguars, the game we've all been waiting for. One versus two, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson, a battle for potentially the number one pick, although it's unlikely the Jets end up there. They need a ton of things to happen for that to happen. But all this happening in the week of, you know, what's supposed to be a joyful holiday. And, you know, this list is massive. Salah, Michael Carter, the cornerback, Elijah Moore, who we thought we might get for a game or two here. He's on the COVID list. Vera Tucker, Fatikasi, JFM, Justin Hardy, Nezrel Dean, Neesman, Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, Smith and Smith, Blake Cashman, Noah Dawkins, Lamar Jackson, Tanzel Smart, and then add it to the list with Jonathan Marshall and Kenny Yaboa. So it's scary, man. I mean, not all these guys are experiencing symptoms, but you're looking across the board, and I'm getting notifications, especially Woj and Shams, every two seconds, a new player. Can we get rid of the words COVID and protocol? I mean, I can't take it. I keep getting notifications, and you can't keep track who is active for games anymore and then which days these games are being played. You got a Tuesday game. You got a Saturday game. I mean, there's going to be Friday and Wednesday games soon enough, guys. Yeah, and just listening to you rattle off the names, Jake, who's going to play safety, right? Ashton Davis and Sherrod Neesman are both on the list. Elijah Riley's recovering from that scary concussion he suffered Sunday. Salah said there's a chance he could be back, but let's let's be real. I mean, I think that's a small chance that he's ready to play after that, that injury last week. Who's the safety? <laughs> who's playing safety right there? And Eric Coleman is still in good shape if he wants to come out of retirement. You know, Eric Smith, you bring him back. Jimmy Leonard, now Wisconsin defensive coordinator, maybe bring him back. So, yeah, it, you've watched other teams go through it, and now it's hitting the Jets. The tough part is when it hits one position group, Jake, because I think you can live with it when it's guy here, guy here, you know, but this is tough if it's one position group. Now, the NFL has changed the protocols to get back to get back on the field and it's easier now than it was if you're vaccinated so there are there's a good still a chance that we're on we're, we're recording this on wednesday night you know, there's a chance these guys will be back sunday some of them uh if they you know they have to be asymptomatic 
And then they have to pass a series of tests, uh, not just a COVID test, but it tests the viral load uh, that you have to see how contagious you are. And so if they, these guys, you know, including Salah, Salah could be back for Sunday and some of these players could be back. Bizarre situation of events here. But also, you know, Ryan Griffin, who's playing well, who had a big game last week, he gets an IR. Mike White is back off the COVID list. We need to know if Ryan Griffin is actually the future tight end of this team or do they have to go out and get... Uh, he's not uh, the future tight end of the team, Jake. He's like 30 years old. So. Well, yeah, but in terms he's of the next couple years. of years. Yeah. And he's not, no, no. He might be on the team next year, but you don't want him to be your number one tight end. That's a position they have to address this offseason. I mean, Griffin could be back as a number two tight end. Uh, I think if they cut him, they save $3 million, so he might be a cap casualty. You know, Ryan Griffin's had done some good things in the three years he's been here, but yeah, I don't think anyone thinks he's the number one tight end right now. All right, well, Jets and Jaguars, and lots to you know discuss with this game. First off, the Seahawks lost again, so they are the eighth pick. The Jets' own pick is four. Seahawks is eight. The Seahawks' remaining schedules, Bears, Lions, Cardinals, so they may end up with seven, so maybe they fall out of the top ten, but who knows? The, the Seahawks' offense looks awful. Russell Wilson looks halfway out of there already, um, so we'll see what happens if he ends up with the Giants, Eagles, what happens with – Russell Wilson in the offseason, but the Seahawks are a mess. So the Jets will be scoreboard watching, but the scoreboard will be focused in on Jets Jaguars. And both these quarterbacks have been just terrible. Uh, remember last year, Kaz, we went into those final weeks. It was 0-13 after the Hail Mary that got Craig Williams fired on the blitz on, on the Hail Mary. And then they win two meaningless games against the Rams and Browns. Remember, the Browns were depleted. They had a bunch of guys, I believe, on the COVID list then. They had no receivers, right? And the Jets won back-to-back games. Jets fans are in a different position going into this game. You know, you sense the change. of Last year, you, you're begging to lose. You want Trevor Lawrence. You don't get him. Now you want to win football games and see progress. I don't know many Jets fans who are like, Please lose to the Jaguars. You know, if they beat the Jaguars, though, I want it to be progression. I want Zach Wilson to be good. I don't want them to win because the Jaguars are that much worse. Like, if this game is 10-7 and Zach Wilson throws four picks and the Jets win, I think any Jets fans would say, all right, I'd rather lose. But you want to win and see progression and see them beat a team that has just been terrible. And Trevor Lawrence has been as bad as, you know, Zach Wilson. Trevor's played more games, 14 is Zach's 10, really nine and a half. As he got hurt in that New England game, 29, 45 to 19, 11 yards. Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown in his last seven games. Zach has been sacked more times, 34 to 28. Completion percentages are similar. Nine touchdowns to 14 interceptions, six to 11 for Zach. Trevor's done a lot more running than Zach has, 264 to 70. But both these guys have lined up in being really bad cause. And, you know, the Jets, there's no Jet fan like, man, I wish we had Trevor Lawrence right now. You could say they've both been pretty evenly bad. Yeah, they both look like rookies. They both went to bad, bad, bad teams, and that's what happens. You know, they both are dealing with new coaching staffs. Now, Trevor's going to have another new coaching staff to deal with, but that's hard when you're, you have a whole new coaching staff. You know, Mac Jones had a huge advantage going to New England where the guys have been there for 20 years, the coaches, and they, they know their system and it's established. You know, both Jaguars and Jets have crappy rosters that they had to play with. Tough situations for both of them to go into. I think people thought the Jacksonville situation might have been a little bit better than the Jets situation at the time, but it turns out that was equally as bad, if not worse, with Urban Meyer. And now he's gone. You're seeing how difficult it is to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL and, and go to, you know, when you're picked in the top two picks you're going to a bad team and there's no way around that so uh you know they're, they're fighting a lot of stuff to overcome right now the two of them yeah it's crazy because zach goes to an entire rookie coaching staff you know guys doing the job for the first time 
and Trevor goes to a coach that kicks players in the in the leg. I mean, they have been in two just awful situations. And remember last year, everyone's like, Trevor would never want to go to the Jets. And, you know, we talked about this endlessly on the show. Well, now it's like, does anyone really want to go to the Jaguars? Even with an, you know, yeah. urban well, I think gone. at the time, Jake, I think at the time I thought it was stupid. That was a stupid conversation to have. And it was, some people wrote it and it was idiotic to write that. You know, ESPN went all in on that. Anyone who's picking one or two, or even three usually is a screwed up organization that has a lot of problems that that's probably hitting the reset button and you're going to go there, you know, so the idea that the jets were any more dysfunctional than the Jaguars was stupid, especially when you're, you knew they were cleaning house at the end of the season, coaching staff for both of them. The jets are probably in better position right now than the Jaguars are because the Jaguars are looking for another coach. Yeah. And the jets will have a lot of money in this off season. Basically how this works out is if the jets had any shot at the number one pick, they would need the Jaguars to win out. Well, they would need the Jaguars to win this game and then beat either the Patriots or Colts. They would need the Lions to win two against the Falcons, Seahawks, Packers, which probably isn't happening. And they would need the Texans to win one against the Chargers. So there's too many scenarios to happen. Don't waste your think. time, Jake. Yeah, Don't well, I'm just laying it out there. It's not worth it's a waste the pain of, of, of yeah, thinking. They're so not getting the number one pick. It's know. time to win. And if there's one game to win that's left in the schedule, when you look ahead to the Bucks and Bills, it's virtually impossible to see the Jets winning those. So if they lose this, this is as bad as it gets. This is a new low point of the season. 1 p.m. CBS, Spiro Adidas, Jay Feely on the call. Jets for the first time since week four in 2020, Cause are favorites to win a game. Hallelujah. I hope, you know, it's ranged from anywhere from them. Pick them to two and a half. Some lines I've seen two and a half, some one. Some one and a half over under is low at 41. Are you picking the Jets to win this game, Cos? I am. The COVID stuff throws me a little bit of a curveball today. You know, it makes me think a little bit because they could be in really bad shape, like we talked about at safety and some other positions. And who knows what the next few days will bring if there's going to be more COVID cases and uh, who knows what Sala, you know, if he's, if he can coach, but I, uh, I think the jets are the better team here, which you can't say that very often, maybe just when they play the Jaguars and the Texans and they don't have the lines on the schedule. So I, I think the jets will win this one. I'll go 24 to 14. All righty. And I'm going to say 24, 23 jets win a close one. These, both these defenses have been really bad. Both these quarterbacks have been bad. Something's got to give. I think this, and I really hope that this is the game we see something from Zach. No turnovers, a couple touchdown passes, a clean game. I, I really want to see him avoid the turnover. I want to see him get rid of the football. You know, those sack numbers are alarming. When he's, you know, in nine and a half games, he's been sacked 34 times. That is alarming. And a lot of them came, you know, what was it, six times last week? He was sacked. So part of the like, problem, Jake, is these receivers that he's working with right now. And another Jameson Crowder didn't practice Wednesday with a calf. So you might be down to your complete backup wide receivers now. You know, Q and Cole, Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios could be your starting wide receiver Sunday, which means a lot of running. Well, and a lot of sacks because everyone goes, Oh, they heal, you know, the offensive line or whatever. But it sometimes it's the receivers just aren't open. And, you know, when you're watching it. Yeah, he's going to have to throw some in the dirt, though. He's got to throw some away, get rid of it. I'd like to see him run a little bit more. You know, Trevor's one thing he has done is run with the football. Zach, I know, has been a little bit leery. The Jets have been a little leery. We saw that one good run for a first down last week. I'd love to see Zach 
use his legs and you see it's new to him he doesn't really know what he's doing when he runs this is the game you know it's the toilet bowl this is his time well it is the christmas season cause the jets have a long list for christmas here they have lots and lots of things to get this christmas do you have something atop the list like do you have three things atop the jets offseason Christmas list that you think fans should want. Mine would be pass rusher, cornerback, and a everything. number one wide receiver. They need everything. They Those need are my everything. top three, though. They need everything except the they got a defensive tackle. I think they've got a good receiver in Elijah Moore. That's about it. <laughs> so pick, yeah, take well, your pick. Twelve Whatever days. Whatever else you want to go to. Well, cause if you if you check your phone, there may be a right now a Christmas present for you that just came in. Let's see if you've received this present. Is there any text that come in? No. All right, well, we'll see if it comes in within the next couple of minutes here. Let's play Stump the Cause now here before we go to Kim Jones oh, here. It's Let's been a long Kim. day, Jake. I'm not gonna do as good on Stump the Cause today. It's All been right, a we'll, brutal day. All right, well, we'll cue the music and, and let's see what you got in the tank. All right, these questions courtesy of the intern. Cameron Ezer. Number one, how many consecutive seasons did Curtis Martin have over 1,000 yards? Multiple choice. A8, B9, C10, D11, E12. That's a tough one. Nine? 11. Yeah, that's wow. uh, true Hall of Fame numbers. 11 straight seasons. How many record setting first round picks did the Jets have in the 2000 draft? Uh, four. That's correct. There we go. All right. We're back in the winning column for the only time in the draft's 84-year history. That team had four in the first round. All right. How many kick returns for touchdowns did Leon Washington have with the Jets in 2007 alone? The tough one. One, two, three, four, or five? Three. Got it. Oh. Was that a guess or you knew yeah, that Yeah, total one? guess. Total wow, guess. good guess. Wow. All right. Last one. Since 2000, who is the Jets' all-time leader in sacks? So it's not all-time leader then. So since, since 2000, 2000 who's the Jets' leader in sacks? Yep. Sean Ellis? Correct. All right. Finishing on a hot streak. Three in a row. And All right. Merry Christmas. Have you gotten a text yet, guys? Just something just popped in. Am I supposed to open this here, Jay? There's a link. Yeah, click it. Oh, a gift card. It says sign in. I got to sign in, though. Here. Well, yes, it is a Amazon gift card. Oh, for, look for at Christmas. that. There you go. 25 you bucks. Much. You could get yourself a ramen noodle. <laughs> they're $24, right? I think they're like 25 something like that. You could get yourself a... Uh, you, you like to wear hoodies. You get yourself a, a Jets hoodie, maybe. I don't know. No, something. I wouldn't wear a Jets hoodie. But, what would uh, you order? What's a cause Amazon? Like, what What would you use that for? Like a Nike hoodie, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, you know, Nike yeah, hoodie. That would, I can live that would, with that. That would be a thank you very much. All right, Merry Christmas, and thank you to uh, the listener who messaged me calling me the best-kept secret in sports broadcasting, so shout-out to him. I'll add oh. that to my LinkedIn bio. That's a, a very nice praise by Matthew, so shout-out to Matthew for listening to the show. And, uh, it could says, be my son, Matthew. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> It was your son messaging me. Yep. I'll have to go to a thrift shop now, Jake, to get your Christmas present. Oh no. You don't I'll need be, to return the favor. I'll be searching just... I'll be searching for like a saltines hoodie or something for you. <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool, not gonna lie. <laughs> if you could find that, it's a hell of a find. I'll get a uh, saltines salt saltines hoodie and like what what's the equivalent of the Dustin Keller jersey that's hanging behind you? Um uh, let's, an Anthony let's, Beck jersey. Anthony, yeah. Um Quincy Anunwa jersey or something. Quincy Anunwa. Oh my god. The same same number, right? With yeah, that's 81. Yeah. 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 All right. There we go. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Have you done all your shopping? Have you got your kids everything? Uh, my wife handles most of the kids. I gotta do a few things for her still, but I'm mostly done. How about you? Uh I'm a big gift card guy. I've I've been trapped inside, so I just ordered 
my mom a Nordstrom gift card, my dad Barnes and Noble. I think he was actually at Barnes and Noble when I sent him the gift card. <laughs> so it was perfect timing. I know him so well, I guess. Um there, you go. there we go. Big gift you know, gift cards are always a win in cash. So always good. Venmo or gift card. <coughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh rest up, drink some tea, be safe, and we'll talk to Kim Jones next on Gangs All Here. December 26th, go to the mall, return your presents from Christmas in the morning. Hours later, drink your face off and see Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, two of the worst rookie quarterbacks we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. Go at it for pick number two. All right, joining us now is a good friend of the program. She does a terrific job covering the entire league at the NFL Network and can you hear from time to time on WFAN here in New York. Let's welcome in the pride of Dallastown, Pennsylvania, a fellow Penn State alum alongside Kaz. It's Kim Jones. Follow Kim on Twitter at Kim Jones Sports. Kim, welcome back to the show. Happy holidays. Um, I'm hoping you are also not on the COVID protocol list. How are you doing? Everything's good. How are you guys? I've been taking at-home tests, making sure they've been negative, although they're doesn't seem too accurate. Feeling a little under the weather, but we're surviving. 15 Jets, including you know Salah on the COVID list. Strange year, Kim. I mean, have you been able to keep up? You know, you're you're covering the whole league, so I don't know about you. I've lost track of who's on the COVID list, who's not, who's playing, who's not. What a funky season. What a funky couple of weeks here. Well, and, and also who's able to come off the list at what point. I do think some of that's challenging. And, you know, cause, you know, at least as well as I, you know, this has to be driving coaches crazy now for a second straight year. Not that there aren't other, you know, ramifications to all of this, obviously, that don't involve football, but football is what we do. So we talk football and football coaches love to have control everything of everything and, and the day program to the minute and everything else. And the one thing COVID has done is taken all of that control away really from any of us. So I think the idea, and I think cause you'll co-sign this, I think the idea that we got through last year and kind of exhaled as if we had completed something. And, and I think that was a natural thing for most of us to do. I know I felt that way. I think to have the second year, it's more numbing and, and frankly, more challenging this time around. Yeah, and I think that's every part of life too, Kim. Like you said, we were talking football here, but, you know, it's with my kids' schools. You feel the same way. Like uh, there's a the question every day if they're going virtual in school again. People are dealing with that. Um, you don't know what to do right now in terms of living your life. And, and yeah, football coaches have to be going crazy with this. Uh, like you said, they love control and they have no control of this. And I thought, you know, the Jets preemptively went virtual last week sort of before this really this big wave hit last week and they were ahead of it and they're still getting drilled <laughs> you know they, they stayed apart other than the trip to Miami and they still have 15 guys on the list now so uh, you know I, the Jets are a team who have three games left you know so I think they can see the finish line and I think the organization feels like all right like can we just get through these last three weeks but teams that have Super Bowl aspirations I don't know what they're thinking right now because this is gonna if this happens in the playoffs it's gonna really wreak havoc absolutely Kim what you know Sal is on the COVID list but what's your impression so far of his first year obviously he's been dealt a tough hand but what do you think about the job he's done so far listen I, I think it has been very challenging for many reasons and if you take COVID out of it, which I know is impossible to do at this point, but if you take some of that out of it, do I think Robert Sala has, has probably gotten his players to a point where they know his expectations? Sure. I think that that was probably true for the most part coming out of training camp. Um, has the defense played as well as we would expect um, a, a defense to play 
period, but also under a head coach whose specialty has always been defense and who made his mark in this league as a really expressive and energetic and successful defensive coordinator? That answer would be no. The offense with Zach Wilson, I, I, I know with the injuries and missing some time, that, that never helps a rookie quarterback. Although you could argue that once uh, in a long season, and obviously 17 games now, that perhaps a bit of a pause conceivably could help a young quarterback uh, if he comes back and plays very well. And, you know, I I think there's probably a a bit of a mixed bag there. I don't think that because, you know, I remember during draft times and and I know that, that organizations rightly so talk up their biggest draft picks, but I was really under the impression that Jeff expected him rightly or wrongly, fairly or not, to really flourish almost from the get-go. There weren't, in my opinion, from what I saw, very many, you know, yellow lights. It was all green light with with Zach. And there have been a lot of of yellow lights and and I would say red lights as well. And I, I think that Wilson will leave this season with an incredible to-do list of how to get better as an NFL quarterback. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that he can be a much better quarterback next season. And obviously, because, you know, that has to be the Jets' hope at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, I'm curious, you cover the Bills a lot as well, as well as you do a lot of Jets and Giants, but you're, you're up in Buffalo often. They did a great job up there, in my opinion, of kind of helping Josh Allen flourish, right? Josh Allen didn't have the best rookie season. If everyone remembers, Baker Mayfield was the one of that class after the rookie season that everyone said, oh, he, he, you know, he's the guy. He's the one that that's going to be the best out of them. You know, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott did a really good job up there of helping Josh Allen along. And he developed that second year they went to the playoffs. And then last year, he was an MVP candidate. Do you think there are aspects of the Bills' plan, Kim, that the Jets can mimic here to help Zach Wilson along? I do. If you know, as long as we all acknowledge, and I know the two of you do. I just mean more globally that, that they are just two very, very different quarterbacks. And from my perspective, obviously they're very different people because we're all different. But I do think that they will end up with perhaps some different strengths ultimately in their career. Um, I think the danger in saying, well, Josh Allen did it, and, and I understand why people say that, is not understanding. Josh worked tirelessly to improve in the off seasons. He worked tirelessly to improve with teammates. This past, I believe it was last year, sorry, the two COVID years kind of run together, which I think you guys understand, but it was either it was it was when they got Stefan Diggs, so it would have been the year before, I guess. You know, Josh had all of his te- paid for all of his teammates to go to a site, I believe, in Florida and work out and get you know not only to know each other on the football field, but but to get to know each other, including you know a new teammate then in Diggs off of it. So, you know, I, I think that with Josh. I understand the question and it's a relevant question and it's a topical question because he's still a young quarterback in this league. But I feel like with Josh, and I'm not comparing him just to Wilson when I say this, I feel like there was an emotional maturity with Josh where the leadership part to him came naturally because he expected himself from the get-go to be a leader, even if he wasn't the best player on the bill at the time. 
if that makes sense. So do I think Kyle Wilson can make similar jumps? I think as Zach Wilson, you, you know, can he make the same strides with teammates this offseason and, and, and in terms of showing some leadership and some real, like, let's fix this and, and get going together, fellas? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I don't see why he could not, you know, at some point become the guy who organizes his teammates in the offseason, who gets them to get together and get to know each other as people as well as as players. And I'm sure they've done some of that. But I do think in the offseason, you often hear about growth among teams that that kind of dedicate themselves to finding that growth. Have you seen, you know, obviously we got the the doozy this weekend, Trevor Lawrence versus yeah. Zach Wilson, one versus two, potentially fighting for one and two draft picks, depending on you know what the Lions and Texans do as well. These final games, have you seen enough to be encouraged? Me as a fan, I have not yet from Zach Wilson. Obviously, I know he's the quarterback next year, but do you need to see more these next three? Obviously, or have you seen enough to be encouraged? If the Jets have a good off season, that you know he might he's the guy for this franchise. If I work backwards, if the Jets have a good off season. That should help to lift the quarterback, right? If that quarterback has in him what the Jets saw to make him the number two pick overall, if they do improve his surrounding cast, I do think that checks part of the box. I think that's fair, or it should check part of the box. You, you know, with with Zach, I, I do think you'd love to see a real – you know, to call it a signature win is, is, is not the right wording, but I can't think of something else. In these last three games, I think you'd like to see a signature moment like that from him, whether it's against the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, or I know they have the Bills left, and I can't remember who their Tampa third Bay. opponent is. Yep. They have, just just Tom oh, Brady and Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, it's, that probably is not going to be the signature moment. But, yeah, you know, I, I think – You'd love to see something like that. And I, I, I have to believe for his own psyche, no matter what he portrays to the media or how he answers questions with the media, we all need that jolt of confidence at different times. I still do at times in my life now, and I'm decades older than Wilson is. So, yeah, I think you'd like to see the moment. The moment won't say, hey, we've arrived, this is great. But the moment would certainly change the, the tone and tenor cause. And I have to believe for at least the moment that the – that the New York Post is published that next day. Yeah, for sure. And I'm curious, Kim, you, I agree with you that this offseason is just, it's just huge for the Jets because, you know, 3 and 11 right now, 2 and 14 last year, all these 5 and 11s and 4 and 12s with a 7 and 9 mixed in there. Jets fans are, are tired and I understand why. And they have the chance to improve quickly this offseason with four picks in the first two rounds. They're going to have about $60 million in cap space without making major cuts. How, what's your faith level right now in the man that's going to be making those decisions, Kim, Joe Douglas, who, you know, this year's draft class looks pretty good. His free agents are tough to evaluate because they had injuries, but last year's draft class is not very good. But what's your faith level right now in Joe Douglas entering this crucial offseason? I think it's, there's still faith. I, I agree with you, Cause the, the the free agent class, the day, in my mind, Cause, and I'm not at the Jets all the time like you are. So, you know, I always defer to Cause on all things Jets because he's there and he sees everything. From my standpoint, the Jets season changed that day in Green Bay when Carl Lawson tore his Achilles because I think it changed the defense. Uh, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, if Lawson's not the best run defender in the world, maybe it didn't change it as much as I think. But I do think it changed the defense. I think it changed the way a team looked at their, this team looked at its season. That's from a distance. That's what I've all, that's what I've believed now for the last several weeks, trying to track the Jets as much as I can, but knowing that 
frankly, they're just not my priority right now. I think the draft class from last year looked better last year. I think it has to be, you know, at a, at a 10, like scale of one to 10, it's at a 10 plus in terms of disappointment in the Mackay Becton situation um, and where he is right now. In my mind, cause they've, and Jake, they've got to get him back on the field at a tackle position for next year, or that is a colossal failure because the other guys in that class and even some younger guys at this point, you know, are really flourishing at tackle uh, and in some cases at guard. So, you know, it's a, it, to me, it's a real mixed bag. Do you have confidence in Douglas? I think you still have to have confidence in him. And I, and I have to believe the Johnsons have confidence in him, but the results aren't on the field yet. And when the results aren't on the field, you're doing an awful lot of projecting and candlelighting to believe that someone truly is going to turn this thing around. Kim, your favorite type of peanut butter and your the most bizarre thing that you put peanut butter on that we would normally not put peanut butter on? Well, I can't buy peanut butter because I the jars are made to last like basically a month and they don't last very long in my house at all. Uh, one day I was like, wait a minute, you were at the grocery store like three days ago and this peanut butter has gone. So I can't, I don't buy peanut butter anymore, but chunky peanut butter, Skippy in particular is my absolute favorite. And I put it on, obviously you can dip the um, Hershey's miniatures in it which is just the worst idea ever, but the best idea ever all at the same time. And I also sometimes, I hate to even say this because of the world we live in, but, you know, a banana with peanut butter on it is also a favorite. And that's actually not that bad in terms of a breakfast because you get some protein, you feel good to start the day. And, you know, in my world, bananas are healthy. Kim, I just want to point out that Jake is currently wearing a ramen noodle sweatshirt. I think I'm, I'm a little worried that Jake has just given up on I've life. Given up. Well, listen, He's, with everyone on COVID, a little ramen noodle soup might help the throat and uh, get get you going in the right direction. <laughs> He's just wearing ramen noodle sweatshirts now, and Jake is a young single guy. I'm just worried about him with these ramen noodle sweatshirts. I, I just I'm a Jets know. fan. I've gone delirious. I follow the Jets and Giants <laughs> every week for the New York Post and the New York Mets. I mean, this is all piled up into me buying ramen noodle hoodies and a Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos hoodie. Cheetos so sweatshirt too. I, yeah. I think I've got and COVID running rampant. I've I've gone wild. I used to because I can't even tell you. I was at Penn State before you, but I I can't even tell you how many ramen noodles trips I made to the grocery <laughs> store back then. It, I, I liked them first of all. I, you know, was very closely balancing my checkbook back then, and um, I, I ate an awful lot of those ramen noodles. So I don't know if that's an endorsement of them or not. But way back when, ramen noodles were my thing. I, I'll tell you that. Cause you know, small markets in their twenties making like thirty grand a year, right? Yeah, thirty. Yeah. Ramen noodles got you through college. It got you through the first couple of years after college. So we got to get them in as a sponsor soon. I don't know if they sponsor anything because they're so damn cheap. Oh, that would be great, though. Ramen noodles <laughs> would be fantastic. The ramen noodles podcast on the post, that that has a lot of possibilities. Kim, we got to ask you for all our, our – the Jet, there's nothing to talk about with the Jets a, a, anymore, but the Yankees fans out there who still – identify you with the with the yes network all your years of the yes network i get the sense that the yankees and jake you might know this better than me from from your yankees podcast uh action but it feels like yankees fans are panicking a little bit that the yankees didn't do a lot before the lockout started uh on your fan shifts how, what have you heard from yankees fans and what have you been telling them yeah i i think that that's like a quote-unquote logical response not logical like it's always logical but logical that you would expect that to be the response and it has been yeah i and I also believe, cause as you very well know, they can also look like across town, if you will, 
and, and see all of these great moves, including Buck yesterday. I mean, you know, the shame of it was that Buck had to be on Zoom, you, you know, for that call. But you listened to Buck yesterday and like, I felt myself like nodding along with him. I was lucky enough that I would sit in his office occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally when um, the Yankees visited the Orioles and, and I'd sit there and just talk to Buck for however many minutes. And he was the one manager that did that a lot with me. Jim, Jim Leland did it actually even more. He was always interested in Alex and Derek stories. So you, you couldn't tell Jim Leland enough Alex and Derek stories. So, um, you know, and they were, you know, innocent stories about, you know, Alex asked me this in the club, you know, that kind of thing. But, but Jim Leland just loved those stars and, you know, and hearing about them. Um, and I would enjoy chatting with him, but yeah, I, I think the Yankee fan is not used to the Yankees not being aggressive. So I think that, that, that makes them uneasy, which honestly I can understand. And now with this lockout where they can't even say players' names, you know, we're in this for the long haul cause, right? I mean, we're in this for for a long time now with baseball. I'm praying that, you know, spring training, you know, because me and Figgy are going to go down to spring training in March, but now we don't know when spring training's happening. I was ready to get some sun, get a little tanth, you know, put the ramen noodle hoodies to the side, you know, put on Do my bathing suit. you have a ramen suit. noodle bathing suit? No ramen noodle bathing suit. I got to look up uh, <laughs> Amazon for that one. But, you know, my favorite thing is, uh, when Buck said, Billy and I both know the only 10 is sitting right here, and he pointed to his wife. That was a tremendous part of the press conference, and I'm looking forward to all the quotes that he's going to give us. I'm sure you've heard many over the years. You've seen the compilations of hilarious things Buck has said to the media. He gets it. He's a winner, and I'm excited to have him for the next three years, and it's a good time to be a Mets fan. You know, Yankees, there's still you know a lot of free agents are available. I know Yankee fans are panicking. But after the lockdown, there's going to be moves made. You know that they're going to spend money. So there's there's plenty of time for that. Kim Jones, hope you have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, stay safe out there. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. Zach has been high all day today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Merry Buckmas. That says adios to episode 94, the John Abraham edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, and the intern, Cameron Ezer, for helping me produce this show. Hartz, have you done all your Christmas shopping? I think we've discussed. I'm a big gift card guy. My mom's birthday is actually today, when people hear this, the 23rd. So happy birthday, Mama Brown. Doesn't look a day over 40, but she will turn 66. Incredible how well she's aged. I already look 87, and I'm 30, so I've not ages i'm aging more like my dad than my mom but uh what have you done for christmas what have you got well everything's actually all done i'm shocked at how everything has come in from amazon and all my other purchases although i will say i do have one cousin that i have to shop for and you being a big gift card guy i'm intending on giving him five different gift cards for five different fast food restaurants and just kind of letting him go ham and just because he's one of those people that you can't really shop for so i know he likes food he likes fast food so i'm just gonna go all over the place and just get him five different things so is it gonna be ten dollar gift cards five ten dollar gift cards exactly exactly so i'm thinking of like popeyes sonic possibly chick-fil-a but if you have any suggestions i'll happily uh take them from you yeah i mean wendy's is always good obviously mcdonald's taco bell no just if you do burger king just give them coal instead <laughs> i mean just don't don't give them a burger king gift card coal is better than that but I'm just trying to survive. I'm going to be at Christmas alone. I'm I'm struggling over here. So I'm staying inside. I'm trying to play it safe now. I know I've been out and about at games, but I'm just trying to health-wise get through this Christmas and this New Year's and hopefully be good enough where I can cancel my booster next Tuesday, do it through the state, and get my $100. And then I'll use that to buy Christmas presents. So 
shout out to the state of New York. And you know now student loans have been pushed back. I mean, I wish they canceled those, but those are back to May, so that's nice. But yeah, I'm gonna try and see if I could get a hundred dollars to pass go in Monopoly Booster Land, and not doing a Tuesday because next Wednesday show if I get it on Tuesday, it's gonna be a struggle. You told me you were KO'd. I will be KO'd, and it'll be the Kaz show. No Jake. So there you go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Give us a five star rating for Christmas. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcast, please. Apparently, you can rate us on Spotify now too. Spotify has a new rating system, so go in there. I'm a big Spotify guy, so go into Spotify and give us a five star rating. Write a nice review. However, it works. Find it. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. For Brian Castello, Andrew Hart, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday following the toilet bowl. Jets, Jaguars. Enjoy the game. Your weekend. And your Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Peace. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs)